Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Colin Squires. Good morning, everyone. It was a... I missed you. We were on holiday last week. We had a great time, really lovely restful time, but I missed you. I missed being here. And uh, so we're going to start this morning by just having a couple of minutes just to connect. So around your tables, um, you want to grab the person next to you and just take, we're just going to take two, three minutes just to share something. What has been something you can celebrate from this week? Pastor Clive was just, just praying and speaking about the importance of Thanksgiving. Let's share something, no matter how the week has been, that we can praise God for and we just thank God for. Whether it's a teeny thing or a massive thing, we praise God for it. And maybe something that's been a challenge. What are you struggling with at the moment? And just bring that and just share it and have a moment just to pray together. Just thank you, Jesus, for this. We just pray into that and vice versa, okay? Let's just have a moment to connect with one another in the Holy Spirit. Okay, over to you. I want to ask, did anyone go to London yesterday? Yes. And do, in the, yeah, wow, was it an amazing time? Despite the weather. <laughs> Soaked through, but awesome. Great. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Did, did anyone watch it on the TV? Yeah. Did anyone not watch it out of protest or because you just had something better to do? Did anyone go to London to protest? Okay, just curious. <laughs> anyone wearing a hashtag not my king t-shirt, you know? No, don't see any out there. Okay. We went into London, uh, Ari and I went into London on Thursday, mostly to visit the Natural History Museum and buy the best croissant that you can get in London. It really was. Um, but we thought, while we're here, we'll visit the Mall and, and Buckingham Palace and, and look, look, Ari, that's where the, the, the king uh, lives. That's his castle. And, uh, and just great to see the atmosphere, the excitement, even though it was mostly just cameras and police officers and, and barriers. Uh, there was no pageantry there on Thursday. It was still just great to to see the sense of expectation and excitement. And of course, for most of us, uh, this is going to be the first coronation that we've ever experienced. Um, there are some of those here, you probably say, well, I remember. Um, but for most of us, <laughs> uh, it's going to be the first one that, uh, that we've experienced. And I mean, what a historic occasion, uh, an, an important political occasion, but also a spiritual occasion. And just, just looking at it, the, the celebration, the pageantry, 4,000 um, members of the military were, were there, to, in, just marching and celebrating. 250 horses. Did anyone see the guy playing trombone, reading music while riding a horse? <laughs> How do you do that? It was phenomenal. There were, there were 19 military bands, a 62-gun salute. I mean, it was, it was an important day. But I was struck in watching it, and then actually watched it back again later, that behind the pageantry and the ceremony and the regalia and everything else, there was just a man. Just a man. Just like me and you men out there, a human being like you and me. Just a man. And it struck me that, I'm sure we've all considered this before, but ascension to the throne is unlike any other public office. It's not like when you become an MP maybe where you're sworn in and, and you swear optionally in, on the Bible in the name of God, you can do a secular version, to uh, honour the crown and to serve the crown, but that's it. Otherwise it's a completely secular position. The throne is not like that. The throne is not one way we just take an oath and it's a secular office. It is a place, a position anointed and called by God. 
Actually, the closest analogy would probably be more like the ordination of a priest rather than uh, you know, a celebration of someone taking office. And, uh, and, and in that, the king's appointment is, is this important spiritual significance for us as a nation. And uh, the coronation, another word for the coronation, is actually the hallowing, which means to make holy. And yesterday was all about the king being set apart for the purposes of God. And there was a moment, if, if you saw, right in the middle of the service, where uh, a, a screens were brought out. And the king was, his robes were taken off and all of the regalia and all the things that, that looked special. And he was just wearing a T-shirt and trousers. Or not T-shirt, shirt and trousers, I should say. And uh, T-shirt would be uh, funny. But anyway, he came in to this, this closed-off area where he was out of the view of the 2,200 uh, audience members there and, and invitees. He was out of view of the cameras and the 300 million people it was estimated watching around the world. And in that moment, it was not the king, King Charles, it was just Charles with his priest before his God. Just a man. And I found myself thinking, what was going through his head at that time? What was he thinking? What would I be thinking if that was me, knelt there, about to be anointed, making these oaths and these vows to serve God and to serve my country and to defend justice and liberty and all these kind of things and the responsibility? What would be going through my head? And, and I thought back to my own ordination just a few weeks ago and was thinking what was going through my head then was, God, I cannot do this without you. There is nothing in me capable of doing what you call me to do without your grace. And I, and I hope that in the same way, I hope that, and if you don't do this, I, I'm asking humbly for you to do this now, that you pray for me. <laughs> that we pray for Pastor Clive and, and Jane, that, that, um, because I need it in order to serve you. And our king needs, the grace of God needs our prayers in order to serve our country in the way that God intends him to. And, uh, and so this is our responsibility. I don't know if you noticed, but throughout the coronation ceremony yesterday, there were many... Uh, opportunities for the Archbishop and others to include us, our part in this. And we'll look at a little bit of that, about that more later, but he needs our prayer. 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul gives us uh, an instruction and an attitude that we can learn from. Uh, he says, uh, he urges us, and this is in respect to our new king, he says, I urge you first of all that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and those in authority. That what? That we may live in peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Does that sound good to anyone? Peace and, and, uh, and quiet lives and godliness and holiness. That's like the opposite of the world around us at the moment, isn't it? But maybe is this one of the keys in seeing the tide of, of, a, of a godless society turned is in these two keys here. Prayer and thanksgiving. Now, I don't know what your views about the monarchy or Prince Charles in particular might be. But I know that as Jesus followers, our, our attitudes are to be submitted to God in all things, right? Including our politics. And, uh, and it's easy to be thankful for people we like or when people do things that we like. My daughter says, thank you, daddy, when I give her a cookie. She doesn't always say the same thing when I say it's time to go to bed. So it, it can be all too easy for an attitude of criticism to sort of start to bubble up in us. <laughs> isn't, isn't that the case? Isn't, or that's just, just me, maybe. Um, of, and certainly leaders must be accountable. But at the same time, Paul, I think, here is speaking of something deeper. 
something that goes against the grain of cancel culture and online outrage that says we are to find the good and the God in all things that we may rejoice in all circumstances. Now we've got to remember the context this was written as well. Paul was writing to Timothy who was in Ephesus, the church there which was under the rulership of Emperor Nero who was just about to inaugurate a two century long persecution of the church where he would burn churches down, kill Christians, put them in cages, set them on fire and use them as literal torches in his courtyard. And what does Paul say? Thankfulness. <laughs> Thankfulness. So even if you're someone like, I'm not particularly partial to the monarchy or to Charles, he's not that bad. <laughs> In comparison, he's not an Emperor Nero. And, uh, and so Paul says to us, thankfulness. And it's so important that we find in all things, we find, God, what are you calling me to be thankful here? So that as a nation, we can live in godliness. In thankfulness, we are being godly, but we are also bringing godliness to our nation. Not criticism, but thankfulness. So that's our, that's our attitude. But the instruction Paul gives us is to pray. Now, if you read through the book of two kings in the Bible, I always find it fascinating. It's almost like paragraph after paragraph. You will read the name of a king, how old they were when they ascended to the throne, how long they ruled for, and then one of two lines. Either, and they did what was right in the sight of God, or, and they did what was wrong or evil in the sight of God. And then it will tell you a little bit about what they did. And some of them, it's literally just that. And often it's linked to idols and things like that. And, and they, they worshipped other gods or they kept God at the focus of that nation. And I believe that if we were to speak of Queen Elizabeth II, we could say she did what was right in the sight of God. Amen. I think probably all of us would say praise God. And so I, I, I believe that... Uh, that Prince Charles, King Charles, sorry, King Charles, um, has a genuine faith of his own. And he genuinely wants to do what is right in the sight of God. But he, like any man, like, like me, like you, like any of us, we need God's grace to do that. And so we need prayer. So it should be our prayer, I believe, that this would be the case, that, that King Charles's legacy would be he did what was right in the sight of God. Amen. If we could sum it all up, it would be in that. And so we're going to take just a couple of minutes. We've got a short message today. This is just time for us to reflect on what happened yesterday, its significance, what it means for us, and to do it. So this morning, we're going to take a few minutes just to pray for our new king and queen. Amen. Now, we're going to do two things. We're going to start with thanksgiving. It might actually need to start with repentance. If there's been anything in us of God, forgive me for my attitude. Let's do that. But then... I might have thanksgiving. God, what is it I can be thankful for in this? Hopefully there are lots of things, but if you're struggling, then just Holy Spirit, show me what I can be thankful for in this. And thank God, firstly, and then pray. And we can pray just that simple thing of, God, let this be King Charles's legacy. He does what is right in your sight. But let's pray that he encounters God truly for himself, that he has a living relationship with the King of Kings. Let us pray uh, for God's grace, for everything he's been called to do. Those lists of oaths, I don't know if you ever felt, I have to make these oaths myself. You'd, you'd probably be crying out for the grace of God as well. They're important. They're, they're, their responsibility is enormous. And, uh, and that we want to pray that the nation also would see what one 
uh, commentator said yesterday, which I thought was, was wonderful, that the nation has declared that the ground of monarchy, of government, of service and of charity is God. That as a nation, we're declaring we're a Christian nation and God is supreme over everything, over monarchy, over government, over service, over charity. It is God. Amen. And also, as, as Pastor Clive said, Kate spoke a couple of weeks ago about hearing God. I want to give you, just encourage you, take a moment to hear God on this. What God might be saying about us as a nation and to pray it out, speak it out, but also I encourage you to write it down, share it, send it to us, hand it in at the hub, something like that, at the, at the info point. And just let's speak God's promises over our monarchy, over our government and over our nation. And just do that together in twos and threes around the table for the next, next two, three minutes. Okay, got it? Over to you, let's pray, let's intercede, let's petition and let's offer thanksgiving. Yeah, Father, thank you for the significance of what happened yesterday. Father, thank you for the significance of the truth of who you are and your sovereignty being proclaimed to 300 million people really meant. Father, I thank you that, that, Lord, we have as a nation declared you are our king, you are our God. And Father, I thank you that you grace our king and queen to, Lord, to serve you and do what is right in your sight. Father, grace them. And Lord, would you just keep prompting us with this scripture, just reminding us that this is part of our responsibility in seeing this nation, not just him to, to rule it in the right way, but for our part to see it, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, see it as a godly nation. Lord, is to pray and to offer petitions, intercessions and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As I said, thinking about being ordained and thinking, oh, I need God's help and I've got responsibility for one congregation. This guy's ruling 15 nations and is the head of the whole Church of England. He needs our prayer. Amen. <laughs> now, there were um, some of the opening words of the coronation yesterday that, that Archbishop Justin Welby shared. And he was talking in the context of, of what was going to happen. The king being consecrated, anointed, set apart for the service of his country. And then he said this, let us, you and me then, dedicate ourselves alike in body, mind and spirit to a renewed faith, a joyful hope and a commitment to serve one another in love. Yes. The opening words are, though this is happening for the king, let us do alike. And I think it's so important. I don't know if, if um, we, we kind of you were clocking this as this was happening, but so much of the symbolism of what was happening yesterday is just representative of what Jesus has done for all people, for all of us. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon the prophets, the priests and the kings. But in the New Testament, because of what Jesus has done, the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh, not just a specific chosen few. And so, though we were celebrating the coronation of our king yesterday, the Bible says that actually you and me, we are royalty in God's eyes. 1 Peter 2.9, it says we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Now, you might not feel like royalty this morning. You know, you might be thinking, well, where's my crown then? You know, if I'm royalty, where's my crown? But the psalm says that he has crowned us with love. Paul talks about in Corinthians about um, if we run the race that God has given us and put before us, then one day we will receive a crown, not that is perishable, not that is rusted and will one day fall apart, but is imperishable, will last forever. We have a 
spiritual crown that is awaiting us for those of us who serve and seek after God. You might be thinking, well, where are my jewels? King Charles yesterday, it's estimated that five billion pounds worth of jewellery and regalia was kind of passed to him yesterday with, with the crowns and the diamonds and like all the rubies and sapphires and everything. Five billion pounds is what they think it would be sold for if it would ever to be sold. Not that they ever intend to sell any of those things. And yet, did you notice if you watched it, the moment right towards the beginning of the service where the first gift that was given to the king was not gold or jewels or rubies or sapphires, but was... A Bible, the Word of God. And the words that go with it are saying, to give to him, and said, this, the most valuable thing that this world affords. We might not have gold and, and riches given to us when we become part of this kingdom with God, but we have something far more valuable, the Bible says. His Word, the same thing that the king was given that was more precious than anything else. You are royalty in God's sight. Amen. Amen. No matter who you are, what you've done, We are co-heirs with Christ, the King of heaven, co-heirs. All of that inheritance, he has made ours too. And in the same way that King Charles was anointed and anointed with oil and set apart yesterday, so you and me too have been anointed and set apart for God's purposes. It may not be to rule 15 nations, (laughs) including this one, but it is something equally as important in the kingdom of God. In Acts 10.38, it says this, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, not with oil, but with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So the Old Testament, the priests were anointed with oil and we still anoint with oil, but it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. 1 John 2.20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And so like Jesus, our anointing is for good. Heal those under the power of the devil. Proclaim good to the poor. Proclaim freedom to the captives and open the eyes of the blind. And though the coronation ceremony has been about the same for the last thousand years, since about 975 AD, your calling has been true since the dawn of time. You were called before you were ever born with a purpose, just the same way that the king was born into a purpose. God has a purpose, so nobody watching online, in Burgess Hill and Worthing, anyone in this room, you have a purpose, you're called, you're chosen, and you are royalty to our king. So I want to take a couple of minutes, we're going to put this together, or I just want to make one last point, we're going to put a, couple, a few minutes just to pray and share together. This last thing then, the king's coronation yesterday was not when he became king. King Charles became king the moment his mother died. And in a similar way, we were offered a kingdom the moment Jesus died. There was nothing that Charles had to do to earn it. Yes, there was preparation, but he could not earn it. He could not take it. It was at the moment of her death, he inherited it. And what Jesus has done on the cross means that we can inherit his kingdom, his life, his goodness, his purpose. And... Yesterday, the, the beginning of the sermon of, of the whole service was this welcome, this to do alike, to allow to, this renewal of faith in us. Some of the closing words of the Archbishop's sermon were this. Each of us is called to be to, called by God to serve. Whatever that looks like in our own lives, each of us can choose God's way today. 
even if you've never chosen God's way before, today you can choose God's way, Jesus' life. We can say to the King of Kings, God himself, as does the King here today, give grace that in thy service I may find perfect freedom. In that prayer, there is a promise beyond measure, joy beyond dreams, hope that endures. By that prayer for every king, every ruler, and yes, every person, for all of us, we are opened to the transforming love of God. If you give your life to Jesus today, all of yesterday's celebrations won't even come close to the rejoicing that goes on in heaven when one sinner repents. For all the pageantry and the welcome of our king, heaven wants to welcome you today. So today, if you've never given your life to Jesus, you can come today in because of what Jesus has done and take on a new mantle, a new life, a new purpose, a fresh start in Christ. Amen? So I want to take just these, these few minutes. You need to get your kids, do that, and then come and share this together around the table. So let's take a few minutes to share. What has God anointed you for and called you to? Do you know? If not, Have you considered asking him and finding out? And then pray for one another for a fresh release of the Holy Spirit, for a fresh consecration. That means being set apart for God, for holiness. For if there's any choices that we've been making that have not been God's best, to say, Jesus, today, I reaffirm this consecration to live for you and just set one another apart once again for God's purposes. Amen. After that, stay as long as you want and pray. The service is closed, but let's just stay and take a moment. Please don't leave the room without just sharing and praying with somebody. And Jesus, I just want to pray over all of us now and all those watching online. Father, thank you that you would show each and every one of us the calling that you have for us, the preciousness that we have in your sight of who you've called us to be, and the anointing of power and authority that you have given us to outwork your purposes. And that, Jesus, we would know that, Lord, we are your chosen sons and daughters, the royal priesthood, and that we serve the King of all kings. In Jesus' name. Amen. Over to you guys the last time this morning. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.